Greetings, everyone. Welcome to Rolling with Disadvantage, the D&D podcast where we won't be playing D&D. As always, I am your host, Tyler. And I am the ghost of D&D Past 2. So, fourth edition? He was 3.5. If you're new to the show, Rolling with Disadvantage is our podcast where we argue, debate, and scream into the void. Oh, he almost forgot! About, no, I didn't. About various aspects of D&D 5th uh, edition. <laughs> Feel free to join the conversation by tweeting us at RWD Podcast. RWD. Um, no, I didn't just forget. I was just trying to trick you. You ever try to trick your players? In what way? Like into straight, doing something that they probably shouldn't. Yeah, straight up throw them off into into foolishness or death. Uh, foolishness, yes. Death, no. Well, why not? I don't know. It seems mean. Just you just kill one. It's it, this is not. It should not all be about. Killing one. It should be about... Killing all of them. No. Ah. See, that's what people think. Killing two of them. PC, I feel like every PC thinks that, that the DM's trying to kill them. That's not the case. No. Usually. Usually. It's not us versus them. It's not. We're all... Play- it might look that way. We're all playing the same game. I just have to roll all the dice against you. Somebody has to do it. It is the DM. Maybe we should just get AI DMs. And I'm telling you what, that's uh, that's what they did with, um, uh, what's the game that we play with just... Haunted Mansion. The, the Haunted Mansion. Madness. Mansion of Madness. First edition, there was a guy that was running the game against everyone. Nowadays, it's all PC generated, and it's... PC meaning personal computer, personal not computer, player character. Not player character, yes. And everyone gets to play as a team. I would like an AI DM. I, think I would be love fun. That's an That's a million DM. dollar idea. Yeah, good luck. What? There's a there's an artist. His I heard his name off the top of my head, but he created a program in the 70s or 80s for a robot to make paintings for him. It's called Aaron, and he's been having the robot make paintings that he like. He just gives it programming language mm-hmm. and it uses a rough AI to just make paintings that sell and have been in galleries for decades. Great. So we can do that with D and D. System system generated campaigns and shit. Good luck. All right, million dollar idea. That's, that just that's if, for you, you, if you think that there's one. railroading in other campaigns, the AI, AI going to be like it's practice for the AI to take does over Does not humanity. compute. Yeah, must go right. Must yeah. go right. That would maybe that's ex- okay. We'll talk about it later. Let's get into the actual topic for the show. Um, mm. I pulled last. You pull. Mm. What horror befalls our heroes? Herp, herp, hip. Once and for now. Yes. What is the best race. All right. Well, appropriately pulled after the previous. A- after we had class thing. warfare, we're going racial here. Uh, race war. It's on. <laughs> That's, that sounds horrible. It's it not does. a race war. It is, but not in the way you're thinking. This is all fantasy. This is all for fun. There is nothing like this anywhere else. So sit back, I relax. I would like to take two minutes to talk about contention around the use of race in D&D before we get into it. Go ahead. There's, there is a, a, a thought and a feeling, especially among POC and non-cis people, uh, you know, trans people, mm-hmm. people non-binary people, mm-hmm. who think that the race system, especially in D&D, is, it's like, you know, offensive and not inclusive and blah, 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 because some races are better than others. Um, I beg races, wholeheartedly differ. No race is better than any other and race. And the long, the long racial bias by having the evil race drow being black. Oh, but <laughs> careful. We're white. Now wait. Yes, that is. We should point well, that out right now. We're white. We are both. I know you could probably tell by the niche D and D podcast. Yes, but but nonetheless. <sighs> I know. I, I, careful. I, I I really don't have a defense for this. <laughs> 
They just are. They, it's how they let blend me say, into let me darkness. There is, there is. I think maybe it started off in a rough place where like, oh, well, we'll just make them black because it seems evil. No, yeah, exactly. It's just... It's it, not the way it's, now. It's, it's, it's a darkness and right. evil. Like, And maybe they shouldn't be equated, but that, they, they are. like The things that lie in the shadows are that right. which is evil and creepy. And, right. There's so more of know. a... It's more of a things that are dark are evil. Yeah. Like, like the, shadows. the darkness, the shadows, yeah. spiders. Spiders. Like, perfect. Perfect for drow. Um, so I think that was a really unfortunate which, and which overlooked Which drow worship Loth, a spider queen goddess that to. literally has a spider body, just say. So I think we could probably address it now. And obviously we had a long conversation in our previous campaign where I said drow in my world are, are grayscale. Yeah. They're black and yes. gray and yep. pale and yep. all the things in yep. between, just like regular humans and elves mm-hmm. can be. You know, mm-hmm. tiefling mm-hmm. can be the full range of human full color range. and red. Yep. And blue if you're in certain worlds. Dragonborn are many different colors. Right. So why can't drow? All right. Just so we got that weird little, not weird, but pseudo-important side Everything out of the in way. this is fantasy. This is all, uh, there, there's no, there's no. So when we say best race, we do not mean white power Nazis. Nope, uh, no. nope, nope. We mean fantasy Fuck race. those guys. This also, is... a side note, Jeremy Crawford made it important on Twitter that, why don't we just call them species? Well, species has more of a sci-fi association to it as opposed to a fantasy association. Yeah. I want to believe that these things could hang out. In downtown, wherever you are right now. Hey, there's racism in all the campaigns. Right? So. It's important. They say elves hate other elves, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. Dwarves hate elves. Oh, who'd thought I'd die fighting side by side by an elf? Yeah, yeah, exactly. What? Seriously, you weren't going to finish that for me? Nope. Oh, okay. All right, best race. <laughs> hey, what about worst race? Let's start the same way we did last so, time. Wait, worst before race? we do this, are we just doing player's handbook or are we doing everything? Uh, like, player's handbook. You know what? For sake of brevity... Player's handbook. handbook. Okay. And then maybe if we have time, we'll okay. expand on it. Then I'll leave out the uh, ace mark because I'm going to say they're the best. Yeah, but, let's, let's start simple. But ignoring that, we're going to start simple just do player's handbook because I think everyone's got a copy of it in front of them. Uh, and I don't think that you can uh, ever. Worst race, worst race. Oh. Mm. Uh, see, they actually made them all fairly decent, but if I'm going to go worst race, I'm actually going to go Dragonborn. You know what? I was not going to disagree with you. Yeah. I feel like they have a lot to be desired. They have a breath weapon, but other than that, there's nothing really unique Damage about them. resistance. Yeah, but to the exact thing that they can do. Did ever, didn't Dragonborn used to get wings? Uh, at some point, I think of like Third as edition, they, they got like once you hit certain hit yeah. die, you would get wings. Yeah, that would be cool. Um, and I know that there's feats that you can take to get such things. Mm-hmm. Um, Racial feats. But yeah, but just as a Dragonborn yourself, like you don't get an extra language, you just no draconic in common. You don't get special speed boosts. You don't have dark vision. I don't know how. Oh yeah, fuck everything. I don't about know that. how a dragonborn doesn't That's have like dark the, vision. What, what's the stupid? The tritons don't have dark vision either. Unless, unless they're how? underwater. How? Unless what? they're underwater. All right. <laughs> but um, but yeah, it's just I, I don't know. They just feel so vastly underpowered. And I think the reason that they're underpowered is because when the guys created it, they gave them a breath weapon, and they're like, "This is this is a lot." What this once a day breath weapon? But no other. Race, and I, you include any race. I don't. I'm fairly certain that no other race actually does damage with a racial Yonti. ability. Yonti had acid spray. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, and, uh, and dark vision. Lizard and folk have magic bites resistance. And claws and, attacks. But we'll get there in a minute because there's many options. Yeah, there. there's plenty of things that were added after the fact. But yeah, you're right. Probably in the original player's handbook, the dragonborn were like, "Oh, you want an extra attack that you can use once a day that does a little bit of damage?" Yeah. Do you get half? Is it all or nothing on that, or is it half? Yeah, uh, I believe it is all or nothing. Uh, each creature must make a saving throw. Oh, half, half, yep, it half. Half as much. Okay. 
tops out at 5d6. 5d6. See that? Once you get past, that's level 16. Yeah. Once you get past like level. So you can do 5 six, to 30. At level 6, you have 3d6. That's fine. That's, that's fine. But once, that's you get, once you start getting past that, it's like this is really diminishing return yeah. on my ability. So, so ignoring feats and everything just as are. I feel like they really let you down with the the Dragonborn. Either that or the gnomes. I feel like gnomes get a tough rap. Themselves. You know, gnomes, I think, are for a particular kind of person. Agreed. They're a special kind of player to D&D. Agreed. They want to be they want to be gnomes. Exactly. They want to be this. <laughs> the, 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 they don't want to be like the fun-loving halfling. They want to be the, almost like the emo halfling, I'd say. Yeah. The, you know, the grunge halfling. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. You're 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 in it to win it. You're always, you know, loving what you're doing. You get spells. You get gnome cunning, which I think is awesome. Yeah, that's against magic. Yeah. Oh. So what you do is gnome paladin, which gives you the aura bonuses to all your saves. Yeah. Oh, wait, is this checks? No, it saves. No, it's, it saves against magic. And then you get advantage in all those saves. Yep. And you're set. Wait, what do paladins get proficiency in saves in? Never mind. Don't do that yet. I'm not going to do that. But a gnome paladin oath of the ancients that gets resistance to magic damage. Yes, with the aura and everybody around you with and, the auras. Yeah. Done. That's Done. my next character. So you'd get like plus 10 to your saving throws, advantage on all the intelligence and, and advantage against ones, magic in general. And resistance on the damage. But, oh, oh, it's it's not advantage against the saves. Oh. It, right, right. It's advantage on, yeah. No, but it was the paladin ability. No, Paladin ability just gives you bonuses. It gives you plus your basic right, charisma. Right, right. Yeah. Cut. So, good. It, it's good, but again, I think a little underpowered. But they lived a long time. They lived a long time. That's nice. Cool. So, intelligence increased by two. What's the, what are the other? Uh, dex or other? Uh, constitution, I believe. Mark of the Scribing Gnome. What the hell is Don't that? Don't worry about that. That's uh, that's another book. Just do Deep Gnome oh, and Rock Gnome. Deep Gnome, Rock Gnome. Rock Gnome. Rock Gnome's rock Con, gnome. and Deep Gnome should be Wisdom. See, you know, this is perfect. Rock Gnome as a paladin. Yeah. Yeah, and you get to make a, a little clockwork <laughs> toy. A music box. I'd make a music box yeah, all day or day. That sub-race ability kind of sucks. Yeah. But it's, I think that the Gnome is for a special kind of player who wants to be a very specific kind of thing, but in a really general way. You know, So those are our worst lower tier. What's our, what's our best top tier? I know what you're going to say. I don't think you do. Well, I know what you're gonna say. I mean, I know, I know what I believe, like <laughs> subjectively, but objectively, I, I think I have a different answer. That makes me happy. Subjectively, I mean, the half elf is the best. It's not. It's the best around. No. Nope. Oh yeah. Everything is plus awful. two to charisma plus one to two other stats. See, you can't stats. even hide it. Mmm. Dark I'm vision. Extra languages, skill proficiencies. Oh, I'm gonna the say versatility what I said is endless. In our, in our demo attempt at this podcast, in that half elves are boring. Oh yes, because the person that can do anything is boring. Yeah, 100 percent boring. Boring. 100 boring. The guy that's vanilla. Not, the guy that's not pigeonholed into a certain class. Vanilla. It's like you know what? I don't want to commit to being anything cool. I'm gonna pick a half elf. That's what it is. Objectively speaking, I don't think there's anything better than the halfling. Oh, no, yeah, 100%. I'm on board with you. I think you may have turned a page, and after we had this ugh, practice conversation the first time, Halfling, lucky. Lucky is lucky. such an incredible ability. It doesn't matter. It's like everything else is secondary to lucky. I mean, screw dark vision, screw breath weapons, screw everything. I'm lucky. When you roll a 1 on the D20 for an attack roll, ability check, or saving throw, meaning anytime you roll a d20, 
you can re-roll and must use a new roll. There's that, no cooldown on that. There's no, it's not a reaction, it's not a bonus action, it's not once, it's a, not day. once a day, it's not once a short rest. It is every fucking time. It's insane. And, the, and obviously the odds of you rolling a one two times are really, really low. 0.096%, I believe. That can't be it's right. Some, it's something like that. I I guess I think it's with disadvantage the odds of you doing it. I think that's I think that's how it was. I I, I saw the math somewhere. I saw the math somewhere. But it was point zero two five percent. We'll look it up later. But nonetheless, very low. Yes, incredibly low. So your odds of rolling a one are basically impossible. Yes. So you're never gonna fail. I mean, you're never gonna crit. You're never gonna crit fail. You can roll one and two. I've seen one and two happen before. Yeah, that's no good. But uh, yeah. Uh, I, I just uh, I, I just don't see any way around it being. So we could talk about the other things incredible. related to the halfling, in that you get the bonus to dex. Right. Yeah. You get halfling nimbleness, which is yeah. good for rogues. Yeah. Uh, advantage against fear, which is not bad for somebody that size. Right. But the other thing is the naturally stealthy lightfoot. Lightfoot halfling. halflings are so good. Or you get, if I'm not mistaken, uh, uh, stout stout halfling resistance to poison. Stout resilience against poison and your con increased by one. But if you're a rogue, which let's be honest, if you're a halfling, you're probably going to be a rogue, rogue. bard. You can move through people's spaces, so maneuverability is yep. huge. You can hide. So if you're an assassin, you get the jump on people, and you can't roll once. So you're never. So you're always. You not always. You're more likely than not going to hit some shit. Mm-hmm. Are you, he's googling the d20. Don't thing. worry about it. Don't worry about it. We'll, get, we'll do it later. <laughs> There's a math. We can do math for it. Uh, I think objectively, halflings are probably. Th- they're the best at what they do. Yes, but now, if you wait. said halfling barbarian, it would be fun to try, but it's not going to be as efficient as other options like a half elf barbarian or a half elf. Half elves can do anything. Half elves can't be a good. Half elves can do anything. They can't be a good druid. Half-elves you know why? Can do anything. Why? No one can be a good druid. <laughs> See, trick question there, but. So, so, okay, remember, we're talking. What? We're not just talking stats. We're talking funness. Yes. Fun. Yes. And for um, you, the half-elf is fun. I love the half-elf. It, it's just such a great time. Um, I will say uh, there are two races that in my entire time playing Look at that D&D, picture of the half-elf on here. He looks like an idiot. Hey, what's up, bro? He looks like an idiot. Shock, brah. Yeah, that's but, exactly what he's doing. But nonetheless. He's giving the Boy Scout there, salute. There's two races I've never, ever, 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 ever even thought about trying to be. Human? Dwarf and half-orc. No one's dwarves. Dwarves are dwarves are rare. And I don't know why, because they actually are really good. Well, if you want to be a fighter or something, and you're a what's the what's the the mountain dwarf? Any kind of cleric, any kind of uh, dwarf. any kind of melee character or clerics, Jesus. or even druids. Mountain dwarf strength score increases by two. Two and two con. So you're built already. Yeah. Proficiency with light armor and medium armor. Yeah. That's interesting. So you could be a mountain dwarf sorcerer. Mountain get... dwarf goat. What? You could, but what I'm saying is that they have a lot of stuff going for them. They have superior dark vision, if I'm not mistaken, to most. Oh, I don't know. Is that true? I thought it Dwarf went. Traits? I thought it went out further. Dark than vision, most. according to life, you can see in dim light within 60 feet and a darkness of dim light. That sounds normal. Is that normal? I, it might be 60 feet. But I, I, I swear I remember something about them having better dark vision. I don't know if that's true, or that might have been an old school. Thing I've, again, I haven't been a dwarf. So do they have the thing where they can carry infinite stuff anymore? Uh, where they don't get weighed down, but yeah. well, no one gets weighed down by armor anymore. No, but by your carrying capacity or whatever, uh, uh, you can still lose speed. 
No. Can you? Yeah, they changed it. No, well, they made it very easy. I don't really care about that anymore, but... They made it too easy. On topic. On topic. Yeah, that was, ep- that was an earlier episode. Yeah. Um, it's just, I don't know, I feel like dwarves are very... Bleh. Just not very interesting. Not fun. Yeah. Not fun in the way that the other, like, a halfling, or even a... Gnomes, I feel like, are even more fun than dwarves. Is a dwarf just perceived as, like, too serious? And just drunken... Maybe. A Scotsman? I, I feel like all dwarves are Scottish. I, I think that's a generally accepted thing across any party I've ever been in. Dwarves have been Scottish. I really feel like that is easily attributed to Lord of the Rings movies. I could see that. I don't think there was a lot of media portrayals of dwarves prior to that. And especially there wasn't a lot of media portrayals of dwarves as Scotsmen. But even... But John Rhys we Davies. We were playing before Lord of the Rings came out. Lord of the Rings came out in guess what year? 99? 2000. Yeah. When you went third edition came out? When? 2000. Interesting. There you go. Interesting. Yeah. So Interesting. those two things. Interesting. Well, again. then, yeah. Dwarves have always been Scottish, apparently. Dwarves, <laughs> dwarves have always been Scottish. And we, should, we should probably change that. Maybe we, our next character should be dwarves instead. No. <laughs> I'd, I'd, rather, I'd rather do half-orc, personally. What about a half-dwarf, half-elf? A dwarf? Why is a half-elf always half-human? Do you really want to answer that question? Because only humans will have sex with elves? <laughs> Because you, an elf won't have sex with anyone else. What? I mean, I feel like... So back in the day, in third edition, there was half-dragon template you could apply to yes. stuff. Dragons could polymorph in any shape and just yeah, yes. wait, bang wait, them out. Wait, that's different. That's, that's how you get dragonborn. No, it's not how you get dragonborn. That's how you get dragonborn. Dragonborn are long, watered yeah, down. Yeah. Half-dragon template was a yeah, we, thing. Not, yeah. But I feel like you could easily get an elf... Also in third edition, there were dwarfs. Mongrel folk. No, dwarves. Half, oh. half dwarf, half elves. Yes, and they literally took the worst traits of both. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. They were abysmal. I liked the mongrel folk race back in the day because it was sucky. Just what was it? It was created by a wizard or something, wasn't it, or something like that? Yeah, they they were like accidents. I'm pretty sure the mongrel folk. Yeah. And they like they thought they had like a god that loved them, but that was fake news. Yeah. <laughs> they were just alone in the world. Yeah. And abandoned. Yeah. It's like so sad. Yeah. So sad. All right. So real quick, what about the exp- slightly expanded races? Let's I, say Volos, UA, yeah, I've got them all. Portal, Morningkind, excluding love, the Magic the Gathering races because they suck. I love ASMRs. I love them. Yeah. Why? Just because they have wings? No, because I think that they have great powers. I think they're fun to role play, and I think they get good and varied stat boosts. One gets uh, one gets strength, one gets wisdom, and the other one gets con, I want to say. Um, and they all start with charisma boost. Yeah. So good for paladins, so good I think for spellcasters. Good for, yeah, good for any kind of uh, spellcaster. Uh, good for uh, melee characters. Uh, yeah, so con, wisdom, and strength. So you can literally be a cleric. You can be a fighter. You can be... A, you could be a paladin or a paladin thing, or a paladin. The only thing that it doesn't really work for are rogues, which... That's fine. I don't think ASMR, the angel-looking yeah, people, are meant that, to be that rogues. That literally have bright lights shining off of them. Honestly, I think best Volos race, fucking Yanti. Yeah, I know you It's so good. Yeah. Magic resistance. Yeah. Flat. Yeah. Done. You yeah. start the game with an advantage yeah. on saving throws yeah. against magic. Yeah, that's good. That's, that's so good. Because yeah, early right. on, like when you encounter a, mag- a spellcaster, that's uh-huh. usually a big threat. Mm-hmm. You're like, "Bitch, I have advantage against you." So like, you get to nullify so many threats early on. Obviously, later you're gonna, you know, these are all gonna even out later. I think yeah. by that time you're a high level, your race doesn't have so much of so a much big of play. Um, but early on, I, a Yanti goes deep. I think at the end of the day, though, mm-hmm. 
race has we gotta stop saying race. Race it's has its biggest impact. D race early on. I think early on and role playing scenarios later on. That's when race is the most important. I would agree. And for that, to that case, you can make any race good. Yes. Have fun. Make something weird. That's what I just go out and do something. Cobalt Barbarian. Cobalt Barbarian. We've Whee! been working on it for years. Wait, so we've never done it. Yeah. All right. Let's go ahead and take five, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to the show. Do you know why I don't want to RP as vampires, Kevin? Why? Because I don't want to RP romance. And vampires are deep into sex. That's a well-known fact. I'm not sex, but sexuality. Isn't there like a vampire goddess that we all met that one time? She's a demigod. Yeah. But she's, again, it's just a lavish party at her place all the time. And what about the countess? As a player, I don't want to RP a vampire because I don't want to RP romance. There it is. Okay. Do you, RP, do you okay. want to RP romance? I don't. I mean, I, I don't, don't. I don't think we ever have, but I feel like it's probably like one of the things that's missing. Fine, take it up with your siblings in your party if you want to RP romance with them. Well, exactly, but there's not a situation. But well, we do have a couple that's married in game, but they don't really. They work, they work together. Yeah, they they, they can bicker at work, yeah. so they can, and they bicker. They don't. They bicker yeah. as a married yeah. couple. They don't. But my get point it is on. that I just don't think the situations arose, and I don't think there's people that role play hard enough for it to arise. Yeah, and I think it. I think it requires a willingness and a chemistry, an existing different kind of chemistry yes. between players. Yes. And as a DM, I don't necessarily want to role play romance with a player because I NPC. have to occupy so many roles. I can't commit. To you don't being want an NPC PC romance. Yeah. You want a PC PC romance. PC PC PCP. PC 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 PC. All right. Pizza pizza. Ooh. Uh. Uh. Did you pull a topic? You pull. You're up. You're up. Topic oh, there's time. There's not a lot left in this. I gotta add more on here. Let's this, pick, let's pick this is one the topic, my friend. Oh, this is an older one. What does it say? Ooh. Ooh. Mm. Ah. This might take a while. Okay. What does it take to DM? Oh. And why are DMs the greatest? Oh, I definitely didn't put that one in. I did. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you wrote the original topic of what does it take to DM? And I think that answer is very easy. A willingness. A willingness to DM. The, That's the, it, right? The willingness to put forth the effort because it is effort that makes a good campaign. And Yeah, and a good DM. If you even if you made the best world in the world world ever, you have to put in the effort to play it. Yeah, and that's what makes a good DM. Yep. But here's the thing: what does it take to DM? Not be a good DM. Somebody's got to do it the first time. I still say effort is the main thing. You have to be willing to even if you do a pre-made, you have to be willing to read it, understand it, and yes. implement it. Yes, reading. <laughs> Reading and understanding. So I guess the ability to read. That should be that. Boom. There we go. First, First thing. First thing I feel like is the ability to read. The ability to read. Mm. And the ability to do simple math. Yes. You need to be able to add up numbers. Yes. Um, so if you've made it through the fifth grade, you can DM. Yeah. Well, well, no. When's the times tables test? Aren't those in third grade? Sure. But I minute? figure you're good at math by, like this kind of math by fifth grade. I don't know. I was... Then you're, I watch then you guys add dice. I'm fine. At it, but, <laughs> but yeah, and then at that point you're you're ten or so. So yeah. So an ability to read, write, arithmetic. Yeah. And uh, and uh, a willingness to, 
I would say make a fool of yourself in front of others. Agreed. Not even a fool, but just a willingness to embody characters. Well, and fail. Yeah. If if I if I was one of those people who got mad because I my characters died or whatever, I would, <laughs> wouldn't it wouldn't work out so well. So uh, yes. everyone, what, my... what can we say? Uh, an, um, you are the center of the universe, but you're not the center of the universe. You're not the center. You're not the center. You're the circumference of the universe. Yeah. You're all you're the, around. You're the edges of the universe. You're the edge lord of the universe. Yes. <laughs> and if you if you are unwilling to fail as a DM, mm-hmm. then you're going to be sourpuss all the time. Yep. And no one's going to like it. Yep. So you have to be willing to be like, guess that plan didn't work out, or guess my guy's dead, or whatever. What do you mean the PCs didn't do exactly what I was planning on them mm-hmm. doing? Yes. Well, so an ability to adapt. Improv. Go, improv. improv. Improv is big. Um, and I, I think back to the ability to read thing, the ability to read, understand, and adapt the rules. Yes. Because they're they they can be hardline, right? Raw rules yep. as written. There's also rules as interpreted, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Where you could say, for example, spellcasting underwater. Let's just just throw it out there as a random thing. Just yeah, you know, you can do it. Everyone... Jeremy Crawford says on Twitter, spells with a verbal component can be used underwater. Yep. You can cast spells his, underwater. That's I think that makes zero fucking sense at all. At all. And mm-hmm. I decided we're not going to do that way. You need special training to cast verbal spells underwater. Yeah. I think that makes sense. Sure, if you say so. <laughs> I disagree wholeheartedly. I, of course, think that, you know, kind of blows donkey dick, but... No, because you can't do that underwater. If I can breathe underwater, I should be able to cast spells underwater. I disagree. That, I think if you that, do... That's fine. That's where we disagree. Okay, we're going to have a separate... I'm going to write yeah. this down. Underwater. Underwater spellcasting. New topic. Underwater... Going in the bowl. This pen sucks! Under... Yeah, just like you. Underwater spellcasting... Topic. That's a good twenty minutes, right? Yep. <laughs> uh, so a willingness to to read, understand, and interpret the rules and apply them differently as necessary. Yes. And ability to appreciate creative understandings of the rules from your players. I like that word. Creative creativity. I think is a big thing for DMs. Well, you have to get. You got to get. You know. You got to be able to adapt and really get creative with your thought process. You can be a successful DM who only runs pre-made campaigns. You still have to get kind of creative. I've read the pre-mades for the most part. Not this, uh, not for fifth edition, but for like three point five mm-hmm. and fourth. You know, there's a lot of uh, room for interpretation in those, and a lot of room for creativity and doing your own thing, well, the adding NPCs of your own and such. Yeah, as you should be able to, because it's you can sort of include it in a larger campaign verse. They're more like guidelines. Is that a reference? Yes. To what? Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Ah, uh, yes. The lovely Grindelwald. What? Uh, uh, I'm having a brain fart of the actor's name. Johnny Depp? Johnny Depp. Grindelwald. In yeah, no, that, that was Jeffrey Rush that said that the pirate code is oh, more like guidelines. Jeffrey, Jeffrey Rushington. Yes. The third Esquire. Yes. Captain Barbosa. Uh, but uh, so there's, I think there's a difference between a good DM and a great DM and a DM. Tell me that difference. A DM has these things. Mm-hmm. A good DM uses these things well. Mm-hmm. A great DM doesn't need any of these things. Mm-hmm. A great DM can just sit there. He's got a he's got a plan in his mind. Yep. Didn't write anything down. Yep. Adapts perfectly well. Yep. Is rolls with the punches. Everybody has a great time. Now, does that person exist? Probably not. I don't mm-hmm. think that person exists. Because I think a lot of people who listen to this would might say, well, Matt Mercer's a great DM. I have thoughts about that. I think he is. 
Do you want to know my thoughts on Matt Mercer as a DM? I think it could be a whole new topic, but go ahead and start me off. I think Matt Mercer is a good DM, not a great DM. Okay. I think Matt Mercer has the benefit of working with actors, mm-hmm. and it's, there is a general script involved. So they're all, they all know the big picture. Mm-hmm. They don't know the deets, but like, for example, when there's a romance involved especially. They all know. They're on the same page. They all know the outcome. What, what, are, you, what are you... Are you? I'm, I'm getting ready to <laughs> getting talk. Getting ready to respond. Yes. Um, I, my proof that it's relatively scripted and they all kind of do what he wants is that every time he's got in a Dwarven Forge environment, they always end up there somehow. He always brings the right one somehow, which would never happen. In really? You've never made terrain and brought it and had us oh happen there you have not as specific as that you didn't create an entire gladiatorial arena for us we're already in the arena i understand and they're already in hell or some shit no they're not And, and somehow they end up there i don't think there's ever been a time where they've randomly shown up somewhere and he's been like i've worked yeah they have that conversation they have that conversation all the time of of being surprised that matt has terrain for where their decisions led because they didn't decide anything. Okay, so on the first topic, the romance. Yeah, I agree. I, I feel like a lot of that's created to make the show a little more interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't dispute that because especially Talson and uh, Laura. Laura in the first campaign. Just so So fake. forced. So, so forced. forced. Uh, at least, you know, Liam and uh, his wife, Marisha, kind not Matt's not wife. Liam, yeah, Matt's wife. Uh, at least you know they put forth put forth a good show. They, yeah, they they make it entertaining. Yeah. but yeah, so that I I agree there are aspects to it that are scripted. also Matt talks about the rules. No way. <laughs> you Matt, can't dispute it. Matt in the first campaign absolutely gave the players a lot of benefit of the doubt. Overpowered stuff. He didn't question them on a lot of stuff they did. Uh, except uh, I was actually I, I one. One distinct moment pops into mind, uh, and just because it's one of my favorite episodes, it's it's the Gern Blanston episode. Gern, Gern Blanston, Bl- yes, <laughs> Fatty Arbuckle, uh, Fatty Arbuckle, Fatty Arbuckle. Oh. And this is Carl. Mm, yeah, love it. yeah. So in it, at one point, good old Liam Vaxeldon throws a dagger, and he says, "I got a thirty-four to hit." And Matt looks at me, he's like, "How'd you get a thirty-four? And he's like, "I rolled really high." What's your attack bonus? I don't know. Well, what's your attack bone? Like you, like mm-hmm. how how did you get the math? How did you get to thirty four? He's like, I rolled a nineteen. Okay, so you have a plus fifteen to your attack. No, I've got a plus eleven. Well, then that's thirty. He's like, okay, then I got a thirty. I mean, Matt Matt will call them on it if it's egregious, but for the most part, and I think a lot of DMs will agree with this, you can't pick up on everything that happens. So okay, side side cut. We'll have the we'll finish the Matt. Mercer oh, uh, final thing. Uh, anytime he busts out Dwarven Forge, it is not because they rent. They didn't just suddenly decide I'm in hell. I'm going to hell. There's usually a conversation the week before saying, "Let's talk about going here or planning on doing this." And then he's got Dwarven Forge. They have a text thread where they're planning the yeah. moves out. The um, yeah, I had a thought. No, it's gone. Um, and it was oh, good DM, understanding the rules, right? In willingness, willingness. Not necessarily to enforce the rules, but play by the rules. What? It got really loud right there. Well, yeah, that's what it looks like. Anyway. 
willingness to play by the rules. Yes. And not and the DM and and kind of look for players fudging the dice or like not cheating, but maybe not maybe not applying the rules of their own character in an honest way. Mm-hmm. And being willing to be like, hey, hey, wait, 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 what? Nope. How? What? Why? How? Yeah. And I think there's times where you can, where you do that, but for the most part, I feel like you got to just trust the PCs. But if you're, but the point is, if you're a, a kind of human being in real life mm-hmm. who is not good with confrontation, yeah, you're gonna run into some. Oh, absolutely. And you got to be willing to be like, ah, ooh, let's talk about it. I hope quick. that at some point you took a, a conflict resolution seminar. Yeah, conflict resolution, huge. You know what? And it's actually, I think DMing is a great skill building. Especially with like public speaking, not public speaking, public speaking, right? It's great practice for yep. that sort of stuff. Absolutely. As an ability to, because like you can lead a, a meeting at work. Presentation skills. Presentation skills. You know, if you're somebody who wants to improve those things, D&D is a great pseudo safe environment to Absolutely. do that. So it's, what does it take to be a DM? I would say all the things we've talked about, but whatever you bring to it makes you the DM in your way. I think uh, you had said this, so you, 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 you kind of, Move past it quickly, but uh, the difference between a DM, a good DM, and a great DM. Yeah, I like I like what you said there, and um, there was one thing I, I heard a speaker once uh, who was doing a seminar on change and how to adapt to change and such, and he was explaining difference the three different ways that you can deal with change. One, you ignore it, and I think that's you know base level. That a, a DM just kind of like just goes with Carrying the flow, on, yeah. just just carries on. Second one, you can adapt to it. Good DMs adapt. They they see a situation, they they adapt. The best way to deal with change, or the most effective way to deal with change, best way to be a uh, DM, create it. Ah, I think great DMs create their material. Create opportunity for change to happen. I think you just create your material in general. I think a great DM homebrews their shit. I would agree with you partially in only so far as that's t- that takes time. Yeah. And if you're getting into DMing and you start with a You're premium, not going to be a great DM when you're getting into DMing. Yeah. Um, so it's not, it's, it's not, you shouldn't be necessarily disparaging, but a great, uh, okay, you know what, never mind, let's back off. Yeah, a great DM is uh, has the ability to yeah. create a homebrew world. Because at that point monsters. you understand the rules, mm-hmm. you understand the monsters, you understand the people you're playing with. Like spells there's the items so much that goes into being able to create a world. Well, it, mostly, and again, this is the thing we talked about at the very beginning. It's just this time element. It's a work yeah. element to it. Yep. Where you have to spend, you spend. Say, we we what we play biweekly. Yep. Our sessions are roughly four hours. The time you spend outside of this is three times that at least. You know, when you're like making a map and you're making charts and you're making you're shops thinking about and it. You're, you're thinking about it every yeah. day when I go to bed. That's what I'm thinking about every. Day when I go to messaging bed. people in the group about it. Yeah, seriously, like I do a lot more of that than, than you do. But yeah, I've stopped talking to humans. Yeah, we've been over this. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I I run a weekly session, same thing, four yeah. hours every week, and a lot of it is talking to people out of the game, figuring out what's going to happen next, you know, and just trying to fit it, figure out what they're doing in my world so that I can then adjust the world and make sure that. You know, they don't fall off the edge of the grid paper, so to speak. The edge of the what? Grid paper. Well, that's that's there's that's <laughs> the point of being a good DM. There's no edge exactly. of the grid paper. Exactly. The grid paper keeps going. I definitely would not say I'm a great DM. I would say I'm a good DM. 
he, I, again, I wouldn't say I'm a great DM either because I, you know, I I'd still have, DM. I still have these moments where things fuck up and things fail, and it's it's not so. I, there's no perfection. There's no perfection in DMing. There's no, not. No, I agree. I like, I like making everybody laugh and have a fun time. My goal as a DM is to annoy to, me. No, frustrate me. That's my goal as a kill human. me. My goal as a DM is, and we've talked about this before, is um. To do as little work in the session as possible. I agree. It's to make the players do the work. Yes. So I've done all this work beforehand. I've set it up. And I set it up so you can swing the bat. Yep. And sure, combat, I have to man the players. But like, if you're talking to each other, if you're making decisions, if you're acting those decisions out, and you, I've put all the work on you, if you're doing the work, then I've succeeded. Great analogy, in my opinion, a manual bowling alley. I set up the pins, you play the game. You knock them down. Yeah, exactly. You, you roll the ball, you throw it between your legs, however you want to get it down there. The pins are there waiting, you do all the work to get them. Right, and I'm it. just responding to whatever yep. you're doing. You knock down all of them, I set them back up. It's There's a, a great, um, you know Vox, the, yep. the news yep. magazine yep. publication Familiar. thing? They do a, you know, explained short videos, and they do one on D&D. Mm-hmm. And the guy describes it as a good improv session. It's... um. Where it's a system of description, reaction, rolling. Repeat. Description, reaction, rolling. You see some goblins. They look angry. Player reacts. Ooh, I'm going to stab them. Okay, roll. You roll, you fail, you succeed. You succeed. You stab the goblin. He's dead. Just reaction. I loot him. Roll for investigation. This is what you find. It's just that cycle... Mm-hmm. Of description, reaction, rolling, description, mm-hmm. reaction, rolling. Like that's a really basic game. So I, I'm trying to do as little as possible. Where I'm just, this is the thing, and then the players can decide and talk and whatever. Yep. And I would advise that if trying to get into DMing, of, of practicing describing stuff, because it's a it is a mentally visual game, mm-hmm. and I I really try to capitalize on this is what this looks like, this is what this feels like, this is the color of the light, this is the the you know the feel of the air, the things you hear. Things you, you know, not so much, I should probably do more of this, but like the things you smell even, right? Yep, I agree. That's it. <laughs> I, no, I, I agree with what you're saying. I actually had uh, a person that I DM for come up to me and say, I'm interested in DMing. How do you recommend I start? The one thing you I said, do the, it. The one thing I would always say is, uh, do it, yes, but do a one shot first. Don't try to do a campaign, don't try to do a whole world. Literally take the group that you're playing with and put them in a bar. That always ends up bad. Just put put them put them in somewhere where they're not going to go too far. A mine. Have it set up a mine, a dungeon, whatever you want to do. Just you know, keep it small. Mm-hmm. Keep the scale small. Yeah. Keep the amount of NPC interaction small, and just go with it. I love a good one shot as an intro. And you're gonna fuck it up. The first time I ever DM'd, it was a shit show of massive proportions. Yes. Yeah. But I kept doing it. I can't even remember the first time I DM'd. I kept doing I, 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 it. went bad. There were three people playing, and uh, it was bad. It, you weren't even one of them. It was bad. It was real bad. It did not go well. There was some uh, things that happened because we were all in high school that shouldn't have happened. It was bad. It was bad. Was there nudity involved? Uh, yeah. Anyway, it was bad. <laughs> it was bad. So in summary, what does it take to DM? I think a willingness. Effort. A willingness to try. A willingness, willingness to, to fail. Work. Oh, yeah. 
and, and then the basic effort to go through with it all. Reading, writing, and well, arithmetic yes, skills, and, and of fifth course. grade. But that's all you need is is education. You know, the spirit is the spirit is willing, but the flesh is also willing. Yes, right, not yes. weak and spongy. Yes. This is after the first few times of Snoo Snoo. Um, okay, I don't think we've tried to learn or solve anything. I think we were just doing a good exposition here. End of the story. Try DMing. Let the DMs yeah. play. You know, when one of our players says, oh, I want to DM, but whatever, I just say do it. If you don't do it, you're never going to do it. Yeah. Literally, like, you can't You can't do it. Keep saying I'm it. trying to prepare for it. Don't. Don't. Do it. Yes, Just exactly. grab, grab, you know, a pre-made or make a quick one-shot and do it. Um, all right. That's it for this episode. I hope we've uplifted you. Yeah, we're inspirational speakers. You can hire us for 20 bucks, and we'll... Take your money and I work away. for free as long as I can put the logo somewhere. Ooh, or free lunch. Free lunch. Make sure to subscribe to the show and uh, rate it on uh, iTunes, wherever you found it. Again, that helps other people find it. Um, follow us on Twitter at RWD Podcast. And as always, feel free to send us topics you want to hear about or your D&D rants at rwdpodcast at gmail.com. And, of course, we will see you next time. Till then.